Before we jump into this episode, you know that I love collaborating with other business owners because the more we support each other, the more we will collectively grow. And that's why I want to tell you about an incredible event that I am thrilled to be part of, hosted by one of our wonderful podcast guests, Wendy Collier. You're invited to experience Ticket to Freedom in its 10th season. This free event is a virtual learning retreat with business building and spiritual growth gifts where myself and a panel of other heart-centered, high-integrity leaders are helping you fulfill your purpose, grow your business with authenticity and soul fuel, and attract more soulmate clients without sacrificing what is most important to you or spending your life on social media. And you know I am all about all of those things. So head over to wendycollier.com slash Kelly to save your free seat before registration closes on May the 7th. That's W-E-N-D-Y-C-O-L-L-I-E-R.com forward slash K-E-L-L-Y. Welcome to another episode of Entrepreneur School. I have a special guest today who is here to talk to us all about your money mindset, which is the thing that controls whether or not you are able to make money or invest in yourself in order to grow and whether that's related to you in your role as a business owner or in general, investing in yourself can sometimes mean just taking the time as a mom to go for a bike ride or do something that is self-care for yourself. All of this is really connected. So I'm excited to introduce to you today, Tracy Thompson. She's a certified emotional freedom and an MRA certified life coach. And her motto is breaking free and becoming me. And she helps entrepreneurial women transform the money transaction part of their business from a source of stress and disappointment into an act of kindness and a loving service and one that serves both them and their clients and customers. So I'm excited for you to listen to this episode today. And we are coming to you both from Alberta, where it is very smoky outside because very sadly, there is a lot of wildfires happening here right now and it's affecting a lot of people there's a lot of people evacuated so just sending a shout out to anybody who may be affected by the wildfires as in it's near them or their family or their home or they are experiencing some of the smoke and the air quality um poorness quite honestly that we're having here so we mentioned that a couple times so for those of you tuning in from elsewhere just a little bit of a geographical um current events update for you Anyways, enjoy the episode and we will talk to you soon. This is the Entrepreneur School podcast, where we believe you can run a thriving business and still make your family a priority. This show is all about supporting you, the emerging or early stage entrepreneur on your journey from solopreneur to CEO while wearing all of the other hats in your life. My name is Kelly Sinclair, and I'm a brand and marketing strategist who started a business with two kids under three. I'm a corporate PR girl turned entrepreneur after I learned the hard way that life is too short to waste doing things that burn you out. On this show, you'll hear inspiring stories from other business owners on their journey and learn strategies to help you grow a profitable business 
while making it all fit into the life that you want. Welcome to Entrepreneur School. Welcome, Tracy, to Entrepreneur School. Woohoo! Glad to be here. Thank you. Um, I'm so excited, first of all, to talk about the title that you just gave me about yourself. I was just asking you before we got on, what do we call you? And you said, I'm a money mindset mystic, which I happen to love as a branding person, <laughs> that you're doing something to distinguish yourself from coach. But but tell me a little bit about that, actually, because you just said mystic has has some meaning there. It does for me because part of my development journey has been following Greg Braden, which is, and he follows all of the spiritual mystics. So I've got a bit of an interest in a, I don't know, maybe a, just an affinity for that to begin with. But there's so much mysticism around money because it's one of those things that we are raised to not talk about. It's, you know, you think back to your childhood and, and how many of us actually talked about money with our parents or in school or with anyone for that matter. So yeah. it came up, it came up to me, it came as what I call my divine download hit. And it was like, oh, I like that title versus a coach because a coach has all these other connotations with it. And of course, I am a coach in that sense. But I just like the sound of mystic because it just kind of it leads you into this picture in your mind of unwrapping the layers of what there is that's all around money and the mindset around it. Yeah. Mm. Yes, that's so good. And that's what we're going to do today in this episode. We're going to talk about the thing we're not supposed to talk about because it's so important, especially as entrepreneurs, that we get a grip on this whole money thing. And I was saying to you before we started recording, money mindset is a concept that was, didn't I didn't even know what it was until like, I think somebody pointed out that you know, you might have money mindset problems or your relationship with money and all this. And I was like, I don't even know what this is. So for somebody in that sort of a situation, who's like, okay, tell me what is a money mindset? How do I know if I'm struggling with this concept? What would you say to them? I would actually back it up and just go to the concept of mindset period. Mm -hmm. Because we have the, a mindset, we all do have a mindset around different aspects of our life. And anyone who's familiar with ever doing like the wheel of life where you've, mm. you know, kind of gauge different areas of your life and aspects of it are going to recognize that because it's the first thought that comes to mind <laughs> with respect to whatever area it is that you're working on. So if you're coming up against some blocks with money or you're never seeming to be able to get past a certain point or you find yourself resisting certain phrases, or you always are repetitively using different ones yourself. And the one key is I can't <laughs> in any area of your life, but specifically with money, um, it's, a, it's a mindset thing that's cropping up. And that's a bit of a flag for you to know that you're dealing with a money mindset. If your sentence begins with, I can't, as in, I can't afford it or I can't right now, or I can't invest in that, or I can't, I can't, I can't. Hmm. That answer the question? Yes. And so we're, we're faced with those kinds of things all the time, especially as business owners, right? 
like opportunities to invest in things to, or to make sales. Like both of these is like both for the spending of the money and the earning of the money. Absolutely. Because the other I can't is I can't ask for that. And then that goes back to the whole mindset thing of not believing that you are worthy of receiving the money. Mm. And that is, that is directly impacted when we have issues with approaching sales with our business. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So I heard you speak at an event recently and you were talking about that. And that's what made me come up and, and reach out to you afterwards was this whole like how you felt stuck in your ability to make sales and how you unpack that into understanding your relationship with money. So maybe share a little bit of that story in your journey and like how you support people through that as well. So I'll go back to mindset again, because it's all put in place when we're children. And Bruce Lipton has done some amazing work in his biology of belief and his work. So most of our values and our beliefs that we hold in our mind are set in place by the ripe old age of seven. Mm -hmm. So if you think back to all the things that you heard as a kid growing up before the age of seven, if you can remember them they will have set in place limiting beliefs try as hard as we want to as parents or mentors or you know role models in a little child's life we are still going to gather some limiting beliefs and mine in particular i had a very domineering chauvinistic uh my way or the highway father and in my speech i called him an archie bunker-esque because he pumped in just volumes of these limiting beliefs and it was specific to being a woman mm-hmm. telling me that you can't you just can't because you're a woman money and sales don't even mix like what are you even thinking of he had a real barrier to women in business So naturally, that was something that I was going to rub up against when I, you know, chose to become an entrepreneur myself. Right. And that is part of my story. And then when I started diving into the personal development and the self-help things of life, it was it became really apparent that the one that kept I'm sorry, my dog's barking in the background. You have to ignore her. We are, we are work from home. We, we just, are work we deal from with, home. We deal with the noises. It's fine. <laughs> we deal with the noise. We deal with the smoke. We do yes. distractions, right? Um, but that was where I kept rubbing up against. And when you do any amount of self-help or, you know, shelf help as it sometimes becomes, but when you take it off the shelf and actually put it into practice, you're going to run into what are your barriers, And that was the one that I myself kept running into again and again and again. And then as I started coaching, I would see these women and they were amazing at what they did. And most of them were coaches, but they were all scared to ask for what they were worth. They were scared to even put together a bundle or a package and say that, you know, it's worth this much. They just, they really shied away from it. And so did I. And it, it, it was finally working with my coach and she says, what's this money? What's this money barrier that you have? And it wasn't until she asked that question that I even became consciously aware of my responses and how I'd been answering her in our coaching sessions. Mm. And it, when that became, it was, it was a real light bulb moment for me. And I thought, mm, there's something here for me and I should be digging into this because 
I'm rubbing up against it and I'm recognizing it in the women that I'm coaching right. and I'm seeing it, you know, and a perfect example was one of the, one of the women I was coaching with, she had a plumber come into her home and he came in, he was there for less than 20 minutes, she said. And then he just handed her the bill, walked out the door and said, you know, that'll be $200 or whatever it was. And she said he hadn't hardly done anything. He was there less than 20 minutes and the bill was just under $200. And he didn't even bat an eye at just handing her that bill and say, okay, see you later. Have a nice day. You know, he knew that it, his services were worth that to have her have her plumbing issues you know, fixed in that short of an amount of time. Yeah. And it, that to me was a real representation of how we need to look at our businesses too. We need to look at the value that we're providing versus a, an X amount of dollars. Yeah. This is a really um, prevalent conversation, I think especially because a lot of the time when we start a business, if we're a service provider of any kind, the first thing we do is we like build and we either build an hourly rate yeah. or like a package based on hourly rates. I'm working with a client right now with this exact issue. And I went through it too. Like when I first started, it was like, okay, I get that. I understand how to bill yeah. hourly and that's what I'll do. But then we start attaching our value to the amount of time that we're spending on something rather than the deliverable and what we're producing and what it's worth to somebody. So can yes. you talk about like how to shift that belief? I think it takes some work on our parts and it, it definitely is going to take an investment of time. And that word was chosen, you know, very, very deliberately. Mm -hmm. But we do need to invest in ourselves with the time and the effort that it's going to take to work through the issues. And the biggest thing is to be able to recognize them. So you are going to have to work with someone. And, and it's not just going to come off out of a book. You're going to work with somebody who's actually going to be able to lift those words off the page so that you can put it into action for yourself so that you can start that shift in your thinking. So that's where I say, like, you do need to invest in yourself mm -hmm. because we always say coaches need coaches mm -hmm. and we do. And we do for that purpose so that we can continue to up our value and recognize it in ourselves. And it's a continual process. Just mm -hmm. be aware of those things in your body. And that's the one thing that I think we it's so subtle that we miss it. Because if you are having resistance to something, it will actually show up in your physical body. Hmm. Like how do you feel after having had a conversation with someone and you didn't address money or it was just a conversation and you were scared to broach the subject of actually working with you and, you know, even just ask for a sale? How do you feel after that conversation? Are you berating yourself? thinking, oh my God, I knew better. I know I should have asked. And if you're like, if you're feeling it anywhere and you've got any of those fears or doubts or questions after a conversation, it's a sure sign that you've got a barrier. Yes. Oh, I can think of so many times where I felt like so nervous. I would either have a call, like a sales call and just like be like, okay, I'll follow up with the proposal because I didn't even want to 
talk about it on the call or when I got to the point of sending the proposal or I mean one time I remember it was I was hired by like a bigger organization so it didn't feel the same way as it sometimes feels when you're working directly with a business owner you're like this is your personal money and I get it and I feel like I'm attached to your money for you yes but I sent the bill like without telling them even what it was going to be and I was like ick <laughs> hate it so that was good. <laughs> absolutely and that's just it like if you put it into context and and if you pre-frame it I think that's really really helpful both for yourself and for the client because they have this understanding before you even enter into that conversation what that conversation is going to be about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's I think it's important that we use the proper language and use language that you are comfortable with. Maybe don't call it a sales call, but maybe call it a proposal. Like, I like that word that you just used. Like, this is the proposal and we're going to have a conversation around the proposal that I'm going to put before you. And if it's a match, then great. But it's, it's, I think it's easier that way to not become so attached and put so much meaning mm. behind those conversations and needlessly stress ourselves out. Yes. You know, one thing I heard one time that really stuck for me, and I'd love your feedback on this, mm-hmm. was was get yourself out of your client's wallet. Mm-hmm. I actually had a coach say that to me once. Mm. Yeah. Don't make the assumption that they've got X amount of dollars to spend. Like, why are you doing that? Right. Or that they don't have it. Yeah. Or that they don't. Where else are we doing that? Right. I, I think you just ask yourself that question ahead of time. It's like, what other area do I do that? Do I go shopping out in stores? And am I thinking when somebody's buying like that outfit that I do, I wouldn't pay that much for it and they're paying that much for it. Do I, do I walk up to them and say, excuse me, can you afford that? Like, we don't, do that. we don't do that in any other aspect of our lives, but we sure as heck do it in these relationships. And I think that's where we get into that attaching the meaning. Mm-hmm. A coaching relationship is just that. It's a relationship. You know, and it's a professional one, granted, but we have we have attachment to it when we begin working with people. And because we're heart-centered and we want to serve people, right. we att- we attach a little bit more meaning to it than we possibly should. Yeah. Because I think anyone that comes to a coach and wants some guidance or some coaching understands that they are going to pay money for it, you know, and it's, it's, it's just a fact of life It's an exchange of energy. And mm-hmm. once, we, once we understand that it's more of an exchange of energy, you know, we go back to the barter system even. It's like, would you, would you say, oh, no, I can't take your two goats for, for payment for me fixing your fence. I don't know. That was just an example. Like, <laughs> but it was like, would you say, no, I, I, that's too much. Or like, would you, you wouldn't be in their pocket in that sense, in that instance. Mm-hmm. So we attach some sort of a different meaning that's based on our values and our beliefs growing up and those are the limiting beliefs that we have around money not our positive ones because there are some that fortunate few that do grow up with some real amazing beliefs around money 
I just wasn't one of them. <laughs> so, right. so, so I'm here to help the people who grew up in a, in a, you know, a home or a setting where, like I did, where they were instilled with those limiting beliefs. Right. Money doesn't grow on trees. And another one was like, like you have to work hard. I think this was actually a really challenging one. You have to work hard for your money. And then we had this definition of what working hard looked like, yes. which meant like hours and hours and full long days and overtime. And, you and know, that you had to kind of earn the right to make money. You had to work your way up to that level to be able to make money. You couldn't just right. make that jump and start charging that right out of the gate sort of thing. Right. Which you know, there's some merit to that. There's some merit to that. But I grew up to, I grew up with all of those that you just mentioned. And I actually just recently discovered and uncovered another one that I was listening to another podcast on my way driving a little while ago. And I actually paused it and I looked at my husband. And I was like, oh my God, I've got a, like a hoarder's mentality around money because you, you don't, you don't spend what you've got, you squirrel it away. And then when you do spend it, you resent it. Mm. And it was a, it was one of those whoo, but it was a good woo because it was another awareness that I can now help other people with because I know that it's there. Yeah. So that's where I am. I'm kind of get coming from where I say you have to continue to do the work and the, the news that people are not going to want to hear is that it's always going to be a continual work in progress. There's never a day when you can, you know, hit the easy button and say, oh, that was easy. I'm done now. Yeah. You're always going to be coming up against those beliefs that you've got. And it'll be, it'll be work each time, but it will get easier now that, you know, you know how to work through them. Right. And as with any challenge, right? Like the first step is awareness. Yes. And when, so when you become aware that you have some limiting beliefs around money, then you're able to start removing those and working on noticing them when yeah. they come up. When, like you said, when you feel in your body, the resistance to either you, when you're trying to make a sale or when you're considering investing in something and probably yeah. both of these things, because this is part of entrepreneurship, right? And one of the other things that I tell people to do is think back to your childhood and an example where did that come from? Hmm. Where do you where do you first remember hearing that money doesn't grow on trees? Where do you first remember, you know, buying into the belief that you had to work really, really hard and that you had to work, you know, so many hours and work your way up to be able to earn even eco to living? Right. You, where who told you that? Where did that where did that belief come from? Because yeah. once you start asking those questions and you start, oh, yeah, that was when I was six and such and such happened. Then you can go back and you can say you can you can kind of detach the meaning from it. And then you can start to unpack it and realize that that's not even my belief. I don't need to carry that anymore. And that's that's where the work comes into it, because that's where I start. That's where I begin the work with people and use the EFT, the tapping that I use with them, because it's so effective at rooting out those beliefs. And then taking it that step further and being able to, you know, now instill some empowered beliefs, because once you once you root those out and prune those, oh, you've created space and you've made room for 
an empowered belief to go in its place. And you can start with the affirmations because affirmations are great. Yes, they're great. And I absolutely, I, I use them a lot and I love them. However, we have to believe them. Oh, so yes. That, that's where the tapping really is useful in that sense with what I do and specific to like a money belief that you've just kind of uprooted. And it's like, okay, well, money doesn't grow on trees, but it is made of paper. So I could, you know, flip that belief <laughs> yeah, pretty easily, really. <laughs> you know, you, you can kind of work with it and you can actually have fun with it. It doesn't need to be this painful process and you don't need to be sitting on a therapist's couch for years. And you are an active participant in your own healing journey and transformation, which is the part that I absolutely love about it, because that's the piece that people want. They want to be an active participant in their own healing and in their own transformation. And that's what they're just asking for. Anyways, okay. I went over a rant there. Sorry. No, I, I'm like, oh, tell me some <laughs> affirmations. And uh, first of all, I love that you distinguish that you have to believe the affirmations because I was having this conversation with someone else that when you feel like you're going through the motions of writing out the gratitude or doing the whatever exercise that you, you know, know can be helpful. But if you don't like feel connected to it and believe it, then that's not going to get you anywhere. Yes. So what are some affirmations that you like to work with? Um, where's the one that I have? I used to have, I had it written on my wall. Um, well, the one that I do have over on my wall over here is I'm so happy and grateful now that I get to wake up and do what I love each and every day. And I have the flexibility of working from home to do it. Mm. It's just, it's just a general statement. Yeah. But it's one that I can get behind very easily. And the emotion is there immediately. So it's a really simple, easy one to start with. And that's actually something I would encourage people to do um, is start with something that is simple that you can believe in easily until you start doing the affirmations like, I am worthy of making like a six figure income in six months. Okay, that might be a bit of a stretch for you to, to put the feeling behind immediately. I mean, it's a great affirmation and I love it. I might even adopt it myself. Because it, it's great. I love it. But it might be a stretch in the beginning to attach those emotions to is kind of what I'm saying. And that's back to Bruce Lipton's work about our beliefs being laid in place by the age of seven, too, by the way. Because we'd have no filter at that age. So we just take everything that's being told to us in like this sponge and we take every single word literally. And I see this now having 10 grandkids and I'm extra conscientious about the way and the language that I use with them. Um, for instance, if we're babysitting them and you're concerned about their safety, rather than saying, oh, you can't climb up on that, where when you say you, you can't climb up on that, you're telling them you can't because all they're going to hear is those first two words out of your mouth and it's like, I can't. Grandma told me I can't and that's going to be the belief that you're planting. So it's like, it, it's better to ask a question and say, would that be a good decision? Is that safe? Like, just ask a question so that they are thinking about things and age appropriate, obviously, right? So that they can, it's like, okay, that wouldn't be safe idea. Let's, how about we do this instead or give them an alternative if they're, you know, they're not that, that thinking, thinking consequences through age yet. Yeah. But 
I think you kind of get the example because I was told and I really firmly believed that we were dirt poor when I was a teenager um, because I'd been told we can't afford it. We can't afford it. We can't afford it all of my life when in reality it was a choice. No, I choose to not spend our money there. Now, had that been told to me, it was like, oh, okay. I would have understood that that label of being dirt poor need not have been tied to my person in the way that it was. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or is that, am I explaining yeah. it well enough? Yeah, no, no, that is, that's so interesting um, to, and it's terrifying as a parent to be like, and I'm responsible for the future <laughs> beliefs of my child. They're both over seven now. So I guess we're screwed. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. Kids can be taught how to tap. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, do you want to briefly talk about what, what tapping is? Sure. Actually, yeah. yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, most people that are familiar with it are familiar with it in as called tapping. And they've seen it where people are tapping on and you're tapping on acupressure points is what you're doing. But what you're doing is reinforcing or removing and pruning limiting beliefs that you you've had in place. And what you're doing is actually physically moving energy. Hmm. So and that's where I'm probably, you know, kind of encouraging people to be aware of their physical body. Because once you begin to tap and work through that in a coaching context, we really get you to get in touch with how it's how it's affecting you and your body and sensations or emotions that are coming up or feelings or images are huge. You know, images can come to mind. I had a session yesterday where a stained glass window came up and it can like images can be so representative of things in our childhood or parts work that we call it, that we deal with because we all have different parts to our personality. Part of me wants to do this and part of me wants to do that. Well, we kind of refer to it that way, but it's mm -hmm. actually quite literal. We all have these parts of us that we work with in, in coaching and it's a very powerful tool and it's so gentle, but it, it's EFT is what it's actually known as and it's emotional freedom technique. And it gives you emotional freedom mm -hmm. and it's a technique that we use on acupressure points to move energy and to, you know, do that pruning that's necessary and actually have a transformative process. And it's super healing because I love the word healing in, yeah. in a transformation process. But the part that is the biggest bonus as far as I'm concerned, you do not have to dig into past traumas and re- live them and re-traumatize a person in order for the tapping to be effective because we deal with the trauma or the residual fact of what's present in this moment in the here and now in a session as a byproduct or a residual effect of past traumas we don't have to dig in into into the past and then further traumatize the person that's in front of us that we're working mm -hmm. with it's so gentle yet powerful in that respect. And I love it. And I actually came to it when I was going through the trauma and the grief of my mom's passing in 2020. Hmm. Yeah. So, and, and it was effective for me because I couldn't, and most people are introduced to it during times of trauma or high anxiety right. and stress to, to bring that down. 
And that's how they're introduced to it. And then later on, you're, you realize, oh, there's a whole lot more to this and it can be used in multiple ways. Right. And it's something that you can do yourself. So you have, Absolutely. you don't have to go yeah. see a provider all the time to support with yes. that, which is a great yes. And you can't do it wrong and you can't do it wrong. Oh, That's, I love that. You, yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't screw it up, which is a real, it's a real selling feature in my mind. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Okay. I, we could okay. be talking about this for so long, I feel. Um, but before we go, I want to ask you, because this is, uh, you know, for anybody who's been around on the Entrepreneur School podcast, they know that I'm all about action taking and making sure that you have something actionable that you can take away from a conversation. So Tracy, what is one action that you would suggest for listeners or give to listeners to do? So it's kind of like it's twofold and I touched on it earlier, but I think what you would do is you need to come to terms with the fact that you need to invest in yourself in one way or another, whether that means financially having a coach, whether that means taking a workshop, whether it means pursuing your interests so that you are more fulfilled in other areas of your life so that you can do a better job in business. Mm -hmm. You need to invest in yourself and come back to the question that I asked in my speech where you saw is ask yourself, what is it costing me to not invest in myself? I have to say I have only ever once regretted investing in myself. And that was because I had buyer's remorse on something that I had paid a real big ticket price on because the twofold part of the advice is to be discerning and mm -hmm. ask yourself, is this for me? And listen to the way that your body responds to the answer. You're going to feel it in your heart, in your gut, in and don't necessarily go with logic in your mind. I know that sounds, <laughs> that's all woo-woo-y. <laughs> No, I, but I totally agree. It, it's interesting because that's where we start as children. And all of my work goes back to, because I use the love languages in my work. Hmm. And children never ask how or why. They just do based on how they feel. Hmm. And I would just encourage all of us to just sit with ourselves and actually ask that honest question. How much is it costing me if I'm not investing in myself? It may not even be money, but invest in yourself in some respect. Yeah. Because it is worth it in the end. And you will be better able. You can't pour from an empty vessel, as they say. And you have to invest and you have to be filling up that cup all the time. And know that it's always going to be something that you're going to be working on, as I said before. But it need not be painful. You can inject fun. You can inject all kinds of variety into it. And it need not always be the same. It's like, oh, now I'm, now I've up leveled. I have to invest in a higher pr price coach. No, it need not be that. It can be an art class for crying out loud. It doesn't need to be the same all the time. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. Uh, and it's so true. That's something that, you know, as moms, especially we tend to forget or uh, feel the need to put everyone else first, but we need to invest in ourselves and that's either financially or giving ourselves time and space to do something or to be around people who light us back up, fill us back up and, and take it. Yeah. 
And because I am all about the love languages and self-love, mm. I would also say that self people who truly self-love or love themselves have no problem with self-care. Mm. So that's another real big indicator. If you're having a hard time with, with, you know, making even five minutes for yourself, just for a cup of tea to yourself or to read your favorite book or to just sit quietly on your deck and look outside on a smoke free day, you know, it's, it's okay. If you're having a, if you're struggling with even being able to, to do that for yourself and you're feeling guilt around it, that's a clear sign that there's work to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And just the reminder to like, check in with yourself, make space to check in with yourself to help you make those decisions. Like you were saying around not having the buyer's remorse comes from feeling really confident that you actually need the thing that you are are considering investing in because sometimes we look for external things to solve problems that we have because we are just looking for a band-aid. Yeah, and we're looking for a how-to. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a how-to, it's an it's an inside job. And even in that in that example that I used, um yes, I had buyer's remorse, but I definitely learned from it. And I have been so discerning. And that is why that's part of my advice now. It's like, okay, be discerning and say, is this for me? And sit with the decision. Don't let anyone ever pressure you into a sale for the sake of a sale mm-hmm. on, their, on their side. That's the other side of sales. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have never been very good at saying no to things either. I'm the opposite. Oh, I buy a whole other podcast. <laughs> Exactly. It totally is. Okay. So as we wrap up, Tracy, let people know where they can connect with you. Where do you like to connect with people? I am spending a lot of time these days over on LinkedIn because I'm liking it. And I'm there as Tracy Thompson, Thompson without a P, T-H-O-M-S-O-N. And uh, my business is Becoming Me with Coach T. And the me is more empowered and your authentic self. Mm, so good. I will make sure that I put all of the links in the show notes so people can reach out and connect with you if they want to learn more about what you do. Thank you so much for being part of the show today. Thank you. I loved it. You did it. You just listened to another episode of the Entrepreneur School podcast. It's like you just went to business school while you folded your laundry, prepped dinner, or picked up your kids at school. Thank you so much for being here. I want to personally celebrate your commitment to growing your business. You can imagine I'm throwing confetti for you right now. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review. Make sure you're subscribed and let us know you're listening by screenshotting this episode and tagging us on Instagram. Head to entrepreneurschool.ca for tons of tools and resources to help you grow your business while keeping your family a priority. You can subscribe to our email list and join our community. And until next time, go out there and do the thing.